Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about marketing, how you can win today, because we have high level of competition in any fields, and I'm excited to discuss this topic with Joshua Estes. How are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, a big pleasure to learn from experts. And uh, uh, before we start, just tell a little bit about your background, experience, and why you decided to take this topic. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, my name is Joshua Estes. Um, I'm senior partner and founder here at Estes Media. Um, and over the last oh, just 15 years now, give or take, um, have been helping companies scale their sales and marketing channels. Um, you know, primarily working with early stage venture backed startups, um, had a couple of successful exits within the space, went on to run portfolio acceleration at a, a venture fund. Um, and then from there, actually uh, founded ST's Media, where we are today, helping companies scale their sales and marketing strategies using those same you know, skill sets that I learned along the way, uh, helping companies go from you know, million dollars in revenue to hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and also am a partner at Parameter Ventures, an early stage venture capital firm uh, investing in B2B enterprises. Um, and so, you know, taking kind of all of those experience, helping companies really solve for the number one thing, which is kind of scaling um, their their product efforts and getting uh, product market fit right. Um, and that's that's what we do. Uh, we're a full service marketing agency, everything from SEO, uh, email marketing, um, advertising campaigns, PR, uh, you know, CRM works. It's a little bit about myself. Yeah, yeah, great. You know, I think that uh, today, if uh, we want to get results in marketing, it's important to be honest with your uh, visitors, customers. I think uh, 10 years ago, uh, I remember when um, I handled a few campaigns and we tried to manipulate many things, even uh, customers' feedback. Uh, but this time is gone. Uh, we changed attitudes. Uh, I think uh, in 2012, we got uh, Penguin filter uh, that was about backlinks because we didn't know about any other strategies at that time <laughs> and Google <laughs> uh, provided hard lesson you know that we need to learn about uh, white hat SEO uh, and yeah I think uh, today we uh, are paying more attention with uh, white hat SEO uh, and uh, white uh, marketing can you tell more why uh, today it's important to be transparent and honest with uh, customers, visitors, and uh, to avoid uh, any black hat techniques? Yeah, absolutely. So I look at it uh, holistically. So there's the, the psychological element of it, right? Um, when you're looking to, to grow and scale your business, uh, one thing that's really important is keeping your existing customers happy. Um, so just off the start, if you're honest and transparent about your processes, what you're doing, timelines, you know, you're quick to respond to your customers in an honest way. Like, I think, you know, one thing that's very powerful that gets overlooked a lot of the times is telling your customer something can't be done um, or it can't be done on their timeline and explaining to them why um, and you know, helping them to see what kind of what the reality of the situation is, you know. I find you know a lot of junior marketers or, or you know 
less than um, honest uh, agencies will try to kind of bluff on that or puff up their chest to, to, you know, make a customer's vision reality, even if they don't know how to do it or don't, you know, can't actually get it done in that timeline. And then when it comes time to deliver, just go dark on the customer. Um, so that's that's one thing. And you find people are way more understanding when you're just communicative and honest. Now, if we flip that over onto the other side to a white hat, you know, SEO techniques and, you know, to everything that's going on with search engines, search engines have evolved. Um, you know, nowadays, most search engines are utilizing AI and natural language processing to read and understand your website. Right. We think about the evolution of, uh, of SEO. You know, first off, it was stuff as many of the best keywords into a website as you possibly can. Cool. And then, um, you know, Google realized that because uh, at the end of the day, Google's trying to make money off of ads, right? Like that's what they're trying to do. So they want to drive the best ads to the best website. So then they realized that they need to improve that. So they started using backlinks, you know, backlinks to validate that this website with the right words on it is talking about what it says it's talking about. Um, and then people started using black hat, you know, backlinks and just buying a bunch of backlinks and stuffing them on, you know, fake news sites or uh, just kind of, you know, a, a site that was spun up in the middle of the night or uh, less than savory content websites and linking back to your, your business website. Um, and then so Google realized that they need to improve kind of, you know, how they're handling this and search engines did. So they implemented more natural language processing where they're reading and contextually understanding your website. So you're, you're not going to fool really the AI as to what your website's talking about, which means also at the same time, you're not going to fool your customer. Like your customer is going to know what your website's about. And it's extremely important for your website to be honest and transparent with your customer. Transparent pricing, right? I mean, how often do you see, um, you know, especially on the marketing agency side or with like large enterprise companies where they don't display their pricing at all? Yeah, um, I think uh, even some famous tools can <laughs> hide their prices. For example, Pitchbox, you know, <laughs> for outreach. But uh, uh, they usually uh, cooperate with uh, big agencies and yeah, provide awesome tool as well. But in most cases, yeah, we can find prices. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's tons of studies. Um, and we see this a lot, actually. Um, you know, we, have, we do a fair amount of business on the uh, commercial construction side. Um, and with our commercial construction companies where, yes, you can't really say, hey, this building on your website, if you build this building, it's going to cost you $10 million or $100 million because you don't know. But you can talk about average price per square foot, right, of materials and resources for your team, um, how long past projects took that were, you know, $100 million skyscrapers or, or buildings or, or what have you. Um, and so, you know, providing that transparency with your customer allows you to best answer your customers questions at the end of the day you know everything's about when it comes to digital online answering your customers question so if you're better able to use your site to answer their questions with transparent information they're more likely to work with your business because whether it's top of the funnel and i'm trying to educate myself on the problem right i just want to know like hey um let's just go real simple like my hair is falling out, right? My hair is falling out. So I'm going to be looking online for like how to tell if my hair is falling out. So it means your website needs to be able to answer questions about how to tell if your website's falling out, super top of the funnel. And you need to be transparent about that. 
all the way down the funnel in the education process to how much does it cost to stop hair from falling out? Um, and the more you're able to educate and capture that customer with your transparent information, forget about if your competitors are going to try and steal it from you. Like they're not, they're lazy for the most part. They're not going to spend the time creating that type of content to, you know, be honest, to be transparent, to answer all of your customers' questions. And your customers are going to be educated across the sales funnel by you. And then you're going to win more deals. Cause I mean, we find, you know, you talk about this all the time too, right? People read more content and that's what educates them. And that's what drives them to convert on the page. Uh, and the twist that we find is being honest and transparent with them in that content. You know, it helps with disqualification. Tell them things they don't want to know. You know, uh, when I can hear about honesty and transparency, um, I, I, I'm thinking about big businesses. For example, if you can manipulate customers' opinion in a small, uh, short run, for example, small business before a few customers. Yeah, you can. But if you want to scale, as you mentioned, to a million dollar business, uh, yeah, it's important to be transparent because you can't cheat uh, a big audience, a lot of people. You know, if you want to grow, you can't cheat all of them because customers are clever than ever. They can read online reviews and many websites, Yelp, Google, they can um, check out uh the real uh reviews uh feedback uh and yeah uh it's uh it's illegal even to try to manipulate the, the uh with this uh, reviews okay um you mentioned about scaling business uh to a million dollars can you tell more uh how to do it for example uh from my experience i have um uh, a lot of customers they uh they have some traffic uh brand awareness but it's hard to scale you know it's hard to go ahead it's not like this that you can uh, hire uh, more people you can grow uh more uh, of course not uh, it's more about getting uh, relevant traffic uh, sales can you tell more from your experience what's uh, the, what's the main reason you know that stop uh, stops businesses uh, to scale you know to get more sure um so you'll, you'll have the the sales guru answers that's like you just need a bigger pipeline right and you just need to to work harder and you need to want it more right if you want it more and you you work yourself to the bone you're gonna you're gonna scale and you're gonna grow and that's, that's just simply not true like you know there's companies that that look like they are scaling and growing in their sleep not even trying um it's it's about product market fit so if you understand and have, have done all of the research to really understand your audience and your core audience and your product um, and you know what they're willing to pay for your product, uh, how you're able to keep them as a customer, right? So, you know, it's it starts with targeting. If you're an early small business and you, you know, um, if we're and let's let's talk about B2B because B2C becomes an entirely different animal, okay? So if, if you're targeting, you know, B2B and you're an early startup, you know, maybe your, your first customers, you know, obviously you're going to go after your warm friendlies, everyone, you know, and you're going to sell to them within your network uh, to help kind of get your first few beta customers and get your first few success stories. But after that, you have limited resources, right? Um, you've hopefully done your research ahead of time and you know that there's a large, you know, TAM out there. Like, you know, you have, a, you have a good addressable market to go after that can scale to reach your goals. I mean, if you're if you're very niche, 
and you're a business that solves a problem only for marketing agencies that focus on companies selling plants, uh, you, you don't have a big, you don't have a big TAM. So A, got to make sure you have a large enough TAM. Um, but once you get past that and you have your first few customers and your test customers, you have great case studies to say you can do what you would you say you can do, which is extremely important. Then you got to figure out who you're going to target next. Um, and one thing that we work with a lot of our customers on is, you know, utilizing account-based sales and marketing strategies. So go after customers that you know that you've identified, right, are the right fit for your product. And then also go after those that are bigger, that have growth, right? Um, if you're an early stage company, would you rather sell to a Facebook of the world or to, you know, uh, a local startup down the street, right? If you sell into Facebook, you can grow just with them as, as one client. Now, the scary part is if you can't do what you say you can do and you lose them. You've lost a huge chunk of revenue. So of course you want to sprinkle in some local small companies around that uh, to help you continue to grow. But it's, it's about picking those customers and doing that job well. Once you do that, now you start building out the processes internally. So how do we onboard faster? How do we make sure that we're able to answer our existing customers' questions or solve their problems quicker so that we can continue sailing, scaling? Um, how do we implement their feedback um, into our product so that we can improve it and so that they want to tell others about it? Um, and then, you know, once you start having bigger case studies and more customers, now you've got to look at how can I utilize network effects? Um, and, you know, that's something that, you know, uh, my my partners at, at Parameter talk about um, that you know that we talk about as well is you know social media um, and even you know network effect tools within your products gives you the ability to help scale to help using your customers to start becoming your sales team um, so that way you can really grow and that can be as simple as if you're you know a widget and you're out there selling headphones it could be as simple as including a card when you mail out those headphones that say take a picture post a you know utilize these hashtags with your headphones post it on instagram and you know like and subscribe to our page and enter for a chance to win um a custom case for your headphones right you have them now advertising and selling and talking about your product because they want that case. Obviously, it's got to be something they want and something that's interesting for them. Um, on the B2B side, it's, you know, helping incentivize your customers to get better ROI. If you make your customers money and you make those businesses money and you lower their costs, um, they're going to want to talk about you. They're going to want to help you out. Um, they're going to want to, you know, grow and improve the industry. Um, and then you got to make right decisions on hiring. Oh man, um, you know I've made that mistake myself, where you know you uh, you hire the wrong person, or you spend too much money on hiring like a you know a sales rep that says they can they can promise you the world, they can do everything for you, and then it falls apart. Um, so like you know bringing on board early days uh, someone who's great on the HR side, um, and who can identify and work with and train your employees. Um, you know, I think is is a very valuable tool for, you know, not only um, improving just, uh, you know, legal stuff and, and setting up your employee structure, but helping you identify and keep 
the right employees on your team. Um, and then I think incentivizing your core team. So when you start and you build out your core team, they got to be mission driven, right? They got to believe in being honest and transparent with your customers and doing whatever it takes to make those first few customers happy and successful with your product and service. Um, man, if you ignore them and, and don't let that happen, or if someone else in your, your army of sales team um, and support team and product team um, you know, aren't on the same page as you when it comes to helping uncover and define product market fit, you know, driving your marketing messaging, it's going to fall apart and it's not going to scale because you're going to be the one leading and doing everything. Um, you're going to be trying to control everything. And as a good, you know, CEO or, or you know, kind of a VP of the company, you need to be relying on the talents of others. And I think if you get that right, you let go of control and, you know, you hire people that are as mission focused and mission driven as you are uh, for the success of your company. And you focus on your customers and you focus on product market fit. Um, that's really going to enable you to scale much better than if you're trying to do everything yourself, you're trying to sell to anyone and everyone without focus. Um, and uh, you're not focusing on keeping your customers and making your existing customers happy because you're going to run out. And like we talked about, like you said, you sell a bad product, you're going to get bad reviews. You know, early days, you get bad reviews early on, you're dead in the water. Like, you know, you're going to have to rename and rebrand to, to restart. Yeah. Uh, I remember when Bill Gates uh, shares about uh, bad reviews and he mentioned that uh, bad reviews are the best uh, tool to develop and innovate your products. <laughs> you know, if you uh, learn from bad reviews, negative reviews can help to grow because positive reviews don't show what you need to improve you don't know exactly where to go but bad reviews negative reviews yeah it's the way to learn uh, about improving products you know um, uh, i'm interested uh, about your agency uh, uh, you mentioned that you provide um, uh, the whole marketing services can you tell more for example uh, uh, i'm paying more attention with seo i can help with uh, other organic reach and for me it's hard you know to uh, manage uh, uh, various uh, specialists and I usually uh, delegate some tasks for uh, freelancers I find them you know cooperate with some of them because uh, I have some uh, uh, specialists in my team and uh, delegate many tasks but you know uh, marketing is huge you know it's hard to uh, provide the whole service can you Tell more about management, uh, finding these people, because you mentioned about hiring. I know, I know from personal experience, it's hard, you know, to find the right people. And yeah, I, I made some bad decisions with hiring as well. Uh, I think uh, it's the way of learning, you know, and right now I'm looking more for uh, positive people, you know, with experience. Um, because, you know, if you uh, get on board some people uh, who... Uh, who has skills but uh negative feelings you know negative attitudes uh, i'm not sure that it's <laughs> it's a good way to cooperate with such people okay can you tell more about uh management uh a big team and uh, um, and how do you do you organize in your company for example uh to delegate tasks uh, to others uh, find them online or uh, uh hire to your team Great. That's, that's, a, that's a great question. And that's a problem that a, a lot of organizations start with. Um, and, you know, we're, we're a growing team. 
Um, you know, I've managed large, large teams before. Um, and whether it's, you know, here at Estes Media or at other companies, um, from a management standpoint, you know, again, it's, it's making sure that, you know, your core managers, you know, your core leaders of their business groups um, are as mission driven and mission focused as you are. So like, those are the people that you want to hire first, and that are going to almost be uh, your clones, at least like culturally, right. Um, and, you know, early days in a startup, I find that you need to make sure that you're hiring people that are willing to do anything. Right. So um, my first hire um, at STs Media was on the product side. Right. I was not trying to hire another salesperson. Um, I couldn't hire another salesperson that could sell better than I could right now. And if I sold another product, that meant that I would have to do the work. Right. Because it was it was initially just me. Um, I would have to do the work. That's not scalable. <laughs> I can't do more work than I can do. Um, I can sell more work than I can do. Um, so I needed to hire someone on my product side that could, you know, write the content um, and the creatives. Initially, when we launched, we were really doing um, two things as a company. So we, we started off with a very, you know, niche core focus, um, and that was content. So we were doing SEO, you know, content writing, um, uh, we would you know, kind of do some you know, web design and development because you know I, I know how to do that um, and, I, and I've done that quite successfully um, and then advertising copywriting and just that um, then we had co some customers that wanted some design work and you know both uh, you know Andrew and myself you know are skilled in those areas so we agreed to do that for a client um, and people started liking that work and they wanted more of it so we needed to go and find a designer but we couldn't just find any designer. We needed to find a designer that was multifaceted, someone whose main skill set was design, but who also could write, who was dangerous with a pen and could write some copy. Um, so scaling around our products and hiring our, our product team, right, um, to uh, be able to improve and scale, but also those that were willing to do more. Andrew, my first hire, needed to be eloquent. I needed someone who uh, not only was great with a pen, but could also present well and could help me sell and could co-sell. So I needed that very, very unique skill set. And I also needed someone because I didn't want to, because um, I didn't want to hire above this person. I needed someone that could also be a leader. So I, know, I needed someone that I knew could be a leader that had managerial experience and could become a partner. And that's why Andrew is, you know, a partner at our firm and now head of uh, creative for STS Media. Um, and so it's it's finding, you know, in the early days, those people that, that are willing to do more than just their individual job description um, and that you see can you know, grow and become leaders. And, and I think, you know, the best place to find that's within your network. Like, you know, you know, lots of people, right? You know of people that you can talk to or you know people that know people that have firsthand experience with those individuals. Um, and you can bring them on board. I think then as you look at, at, you know, kind of once you start building out that core team of managers and business group owners, um, you know, following that kind of same blueprint, um, you know, you can kind of try before you buy in a lot of positions, at least on the marketing side. So one thing that we do to help scale our team 
is we will work with um, consistent um, kind of freelancers um, for certain projects. Our freelancers are not working on our big clients. Our freelancers are not working on mission critical projects. A lot of the times we actually test our freelancers to create our own content for STS Media, our own campaigns. I'm not going to turn someone loose who I know isn't proven, you know, with uh, the STS Media way of doing business onto my customers. Like everyone that works for us works for STS Media first and our marketing side and, and you know, creating our own champagne, right, before we start giving it to our customers. And so once they prove that they can do it for us, um, then we're willing to start testing them on smaller, less mission critical things for clients. And if they, they prove it well, then we, we hire them. Um, that or it's people that I've worked with or seen worked, or again, my clients have worked with in the past and are sharing, hey, these are really great marketers. You know, I found out they're out there looking for a role, you know, utilizing your network to hire in those people to make sure they can do a good job. Um, I've made that mistake, like you said. I cold hired um, a sales rep, um, someone who I didn't know, wasn't from my network. I didn't trial them. Um, you know, they came on board and after three months, hadn't closed or sold anything, had some good looking pipeline. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm kind of already in deep with this person. Um, I need them to close and sell something so I can at least like break even um, before, you know, I make a decision on what I'm going to do with them. Um, and they just barely did. And ultimately it didn't work out because they, they weren't as motivated. They weren't mission driven. They weren't willing to sell the way that we sell. We don't sell traditionally. We're not, we're not out here hard selling. If you don't want to work with us, I don't like right now as we're scaling and growing as a company. I don't want to work with you. I don't want you as a client. You're not going to listen to what we have to say. Uh, you're not going to take our advice. You're going to ask us to do something for you that uh, we don't agree with from a philosophical or strategical perspective. And I've been very, very successful. Uh, we as an agency over the last uh, five years um, have only lost one client. And that's because they got too big and hired a full team internally. Otherwise, all of our customers have stayed with us. Um, and we've proven time and time again that we will scale them and grow with them. And if they're not willing to do what we say and do it our way, or at least collaborate and work with us, right? Um, you know, some of my customers are way smarter than we are um, and, and collaborate with us on that. Um, and so making sure people, like your whole team's aligned on that. And I think that really helps you you know, improve how you're hiring and avoid some of those pitfalls and then creating tests, right? Just like creating good tests and campaigns that you can do uh, during the interview process. Yeah, valuable. Yeah, I love it. You know, I think that uh, failing only brings a new experience, nothing else. You know, if you make mistakes, uh, I think everyone makes mistakes, even Elon Musk uh, does it, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, um, I love his quote about mistakes he shares if you don't make mistakes uh, you are not innovative enough you know <laughs> yeah you're not yeah. trying hard enough man i have i have failed more times than i have succeeded um but my successes have outweighed my failures um mm -hmm. and we try you know great cool things with clients sometimes that we're all so excited about and it just, just falls flat on its face but we've got mm -hmm. backups we've got other ideas other campaigns ready to go that we know are going to work 
um, and utilize those. You know, and I think you're absolutely right. You've got to fail, and you've got to fail forward. Yeah, I love your insights about uh, uh, getting customers. You know, paying attention to provide uh, value to them and uh, yeah, to retain them because today it's more harder to. Uh, get new customers uh, five times if i remember correctly then uh retaining existing customers um yeah uh, can you tell more about uh, uh, creating content for example uh from my experience uh, even big customers have the problems with creating content for example they have time to innovate and uh, develop their products and when i they, when i ask them please create uh, content according to this content plan uh, we need to take ACO traffic and something like this they reply uh, that they have no experience with that they have no copywriters designers uh, and um, 10 years ago in my SEO agency we had a team of copywriters today we uh, we usually uh, search for new copywriters because uh, of um, uh, we need you know because of uh, finding copywriters who know one topic for example uh 10 years ago we just uh, uh wrote text for the sake of having them and uh, they rank well today google can uh analyze and estimate yeah uh, how uh, people uh, uh are consuming this content uh, and yeah we have the parameter it uh, expertise search trust and we are looking for uh, copywriters who write about one topic uh, uh but we have design uh, editors who can uh, edit this text uh, to simplify to personalize experience because uh, for example i remember when one client uh, shared content uh, new text uh, that was hard to read nobody un understood this text but uh, the editor spent some time simplified uh, the text was about uh, some special equipment uh, after editors i understand and this equipment you know <laughs> can you tell more about hiring uh, the right copywriters um, and uh, how to handle the process of creating content for your uh, clients yeah sure there's there's one thing that you said that's really really interesting um and it's where you have these larger companies you know that don't have copywriters themselves or you know they say that they can't write um you know everyone everyone at least i hope right in in the business world should be able to write and should be able to write an article um you know having having nothing is worse than having an article that is less than perfect um like you know one thing i would say to everyone listening is don't let uh, perfection be the enemy of good enough and having nothing is far worse than having something um, if you have nothing on your content online, people aren't going to find you. Like your website is unable to answer their questions that they're searching in the Google. So you're not going to show up in search results, which means you are dependent on advertising and a tricky landing page to convert customers, which means you always have to spend more and more and more and more and more. Um, and as an agency, I love you. Fantastic. Thank you. You know, you help make, you know, all of us lots and lots of money. Um, so, so why do that? Right, right, right. You're spending money to make money. Um, great content and great copy um, can just pay dividends and continue making you money in a far more um, sustainable way uh, for you know an, an earlier stage company 
um, than advertising, as well as help lower the cost per conversion and cost per click for your ads. Now, how do you do that? Um, you know, you, you need to start by identifying, and what we do is, what are, where are you lacking content in your customer value journey? Is it that, you know, early stage topics, like we were talking about, like how to identify hair loss? Um, like how to identify the pain point or problem that your business solves? Or is it, you know, kind of lower stage, lower down the funnel as to how to compare uh, you against your competitors, how to qualify or disqualify um, your customers throughout the sales process? Is it around how to build trust? Um, you know, your sales reps, uh, your sales team should absolutely be able to create and develop case studies. They know what was sold. They know what the problems were that the customer had, and they know how you solved those problems. If your sales reps don't know how you solved your customer's problem, you need to spend some time and let your sales reps go through kind of that process and do some kind of, uh, uh, I feel like a post-launch um, kind of reviews with your customers to make sure that they're happy and okay. And that's part of customer success. Um, now, the other side is you can work with a great agency, um, you know, to help you with that content. A good agency um, should be able to help you scale your marketing efforts. A good agency, um, you know, will likely have one or two uh, copywriters on staff or in their bullpen that know your product and know your audience and can just boom, start instantly writing about uh, roofing or, uh, you know, green plants or, you know, whatever it is that you're selling. Now, I believe that a great agency has a bunch of copywriters on staff that are more akin to a skilled journalist and can take your story and can tell it. They don't need to be experts in um, your subject. They shouldn't be. You are the subject matter experts. And that's where performing, you know, research and reading and understanding your topic and reading and developing and understanding your audience personas um, comes into play. Uh, that's where it's important to make sure that they know the top questions that your customers are asking throughout the sales funnel and then are performing interviews um, with your team and your subject matter experts to extract those stories and extract that information and then create copy um, and then write it. Uh, based on your voice, your brand voice. So if you don't have a brand voice, you know, a good agency can work with you to design and develop your brand voice. Um, you know, are you going to be playful? Are you going to be funny? You know, our, web, our new website that we're launching is a little snarky. Um, you know, are you going to be serious and dry because your customers are serious and dry? And, you know, if you're an investment firm and you're making a bunch of jokes on your website, chances are your, you know, your LPs aren't, aren't going to be interested in those jokes. They want you to be serious and to the point like you should be with their money. Um, so I think that's, you know, kind of a really key element to being able to help scale their, their efforts is, is having writers that, that can almost be kind of chameleons and can write about anything and everything, but taking, you know, the customer's subject matter expertise and telling those stories to match what people are looking for online and, and the questions that they have throughout their customer lifecycle journey. Yeah, good, that's valuable. I think it's important today to learn customers. You know, if you don't learn customers, how do you know how to help them? Okay, uh, I have uh, this question about quality content. For example, we have two types of content. The first type, uh, uh, I can relate uh, to Brian Dean. You know, he creates 
super high quality content yeah uh, but uh, it's hard to create this content and that's why he posts uh, one time a month uh, he I think he gathers all insights uh, and uh, spent a lot of time with editing uh, the second type of content uh, it's more about Neil Patel or Gary V you know uh, who shares to post as maximum as possible post everything uh, even uh, Seth Godin uh, post uh, each day because it helps to improve uh, the quality of writing your experience confidence uh, can you tell more which type is better to choose uh, for your uh, for any business you know uh, and why it's a good question it's a really good question it's a bit of a loaded question um, and my answer is both and it depends um, so right if you don't have content and you don't have anything out there dude just just get something out there like just just start writing about the the problems that your business solves start sharing case studies um you know uh, start sharing you know information and and why it's uh, uh interesting um you know secondly um you know i think um you know, the next thing that you need to focus on is then, you know, those deeper, more impactful pieces of content. Um, and you can kind of do it either way, right? Your first piece of content could be a huge, big piece of, you know, of, of literature uh, that's impactful and takes you a month to create. Um, and then write your smaller snackable, snackable pieces of content off of that, right? And then you create your arsenal off of this one big piece that you can break down and, and recant and retell and remarket. Um, but you know, it kind of depends on which way you want to build and what type of customers you're going after. If you're going after, after whales that are going to ask you a lot of questions and you have a complex product, um, you probably need to start with something deeper. Um, but if you're selling potted planet, like plants, like the ones behind you, uh, you don't need to write a thesis on the best types of light and environment to grow your potted plant. You need to write a, sh a short article on the best potted plants for houses uh, for low light, right? That's what you need to write. Um, and that's short, snackable and easy and you can turn those out really fast. Um, so I think the answer kind of is, is it depends on your product and it depends on, on what you're selling um, and how you're looking to scale your business. Yeah, got it. Uh, from my experience, for example, uh, for SEO, it's better to write high quality content uh, I mean like uh, you know uh, high quality is subjective uh, for me high quality means uh, it provides more uh, valuable insights than your competitors have you know because we can't <laughs> estimate or score this high quality for social media it's not uh, the same uh, I think for social media it's more important consistency when you post a lot because for example uh, I remember when I spent uh, some time uh, a lot of time you know to create some piece of content uh, very good content valuable I thought but I got uh, a few hundred views then I posted something uh, it's not nonsense but generic stuff nothing special you know and got a uh, hundred thousand views i got it no way <laughs> for a, for social media you don't know which content will bring more insights and that's why uh, i i love to be uh, consistent on social media uh, because your post uh, usually lives uh, 24 hours uh, sometimes longer but uh, it depends and uh, yeah for SEO, of course, it's important, uh, super high quality and yeah, uh, to spend more time with that. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And by um, kind of the more snackable pieces, they shouldn't be low quality by any means. Um, I think there's just a difference between like high quality, you know, impactful pieces that take a month to create and develop versus something you can pin down in an afternoon that is still quality, that's still creating value for your customers. Um, you know, if you put out something that's not quality, your customers are going to see right through that. They're going to, they're going to judge you. They're not going to work on you. They're going to think that your product isn't quality. Um, I think the question then becomes like, where do you set the bar at, at high quality and you know, what is quality and good enough um, and how to balance those? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, uh, you know, quality is subjective at any case, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Absolutely. So, um, you know, you can read and check out all of our content on, uh, you know, www.sts.media um, and soon to also be stsmedia.com as we launch our new website, both to Mantlework. Um, you know, we're posting, you know, every couple of weeks on uh, LinkedIn under STs Media. Uh, we'll be launching our um, Instagram, some of our creative campaigns in a, in a couple of weeks um, uh, uh, at STs Media. Um, you know, feel free to shoot us an email, info at stes.media. Uh, uh, we're always happy to help answer any questions. If you have any questions about anything we talked about today, more than happy to elaborate, right? I try to be as transparent and as open book as I am um, and as I can be to you know, just help companies out. I find one thing, um, and I'll, I'll leave you with this is, you know, people buy from, from people that are willing to actually help them as opposed to sell them something. Um, and, you know, we're always willing to help. And sometimes people buy from us, you know, sometimes they don't right away, but I find they come back around and, you know, they do want your help or they introduce you to somebody who will. So, you know, be honest, be transparent and be helpful. Um, and that will really help your business. Okay, guys, our subject demands to be transparent and honest. Thanks a lot, Joshua, for all your insights, for your time. It's so valuable. Uh, guys, listen to us on uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, or any other platforms. Thanks for listening and watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.